What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You are listening to Lyles Movie Files. There's so much stuff going on, and it's just the first day of July. I read a text, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, that basically said, and that was just the first half of 2020, and I feel like I need this year to be over anyway. Gosh, all that just happened six months ago. So let's talk about some more stuff in this crazy, ridiculous, seemingly never-ending story that is 2020. Tonight, I've got the boys with me. We're going to break down Ray Fisher's beef with Josh Whedon, Terry Crews doing a little soft shoe, and a couple topics about some actors and their starts. So let's kick it off. Jace, how you doing, little brother? I'm doing good. Cool. Uh, Chief, how about you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks, I'm well. And Gunner, what's up with you, man? What's good, man? What's good? How's it going? Cooling, cooling, cooling. So, Ray Fisher, not a huge fan of Josh Whedon. Uh, as you kind of have guessed, some members of the Justice League cast were very happy that Zack Snyder is going to be able to share his vision of Justice League. And this is weird because it seemed like everybody was fine with the cut that came out in theaters, but literally the entire main cast of Justice League, Henry Cavell, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, Ray Fisher, and I guess Ezra Miller's the only one that hadn't had anything to say yet. Um, Yeah, but it was just like, wow everyone was thrilled that the real version, their version of Justice League is going to get out in this Snyder cut. And uh, Fisher tweeted out earlier this week that he took back everything he said during the San Diego Comic-Con Justice League roundtable or panel. And he's saying, yeah, DC got a really good guy to uh, fill in for Zach and really looking forward to it. He's a great guy. And yeah. And uh, yeah, Fisher was just like, nah, dude, that was actually not the case. I take back everything he said. And basically he went on to say that Whedon took, or he treated the cast in a gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable manner. And Josh Whedon's crew said no comment. Warner Brothers also said no comment. And uh, it's very interesting. Uh, One of the producers, John Berg, said that uh, what Fisher said was untrue, categorically untrue, that we enabled any unprofessional behavior. And added that he recalls Fisher being upset that they wanted him to say Cyborg's signature, booyah, phrase from the Teen Titans animated series so what do you guys think about all this jace let's start with you uh i think ray probably did the nice pc thing in san diego comic-con because he's like all right there's probably another movie on the back end of this thing so i'm gonna say all the nice stuff about it even though i'm, I'm pretty salted in most of my role is i got like really three scenes in this whole movie uh so, I mean, now that it's like the Snyder Cut is going to liberate all things DC Universe, he thinks it's it's a good idea to kind of say, I, I'm not playing that game anymore. I can tell my truth that, you know, he was a horrible director. It's like, well, he's kind of been labeled. I mean, 
Josh Whedon's been kind of labeled that since Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, so it's not like it's anything new. He's just, he puts up stuff people like. If he, if everybody had loved Justice League, I'm sure none of this would have come out at all. But It's kind of interesting, right? Because it's like, man, it's just everybody turned on whatever part of Snyder and whatever Whedon finished. Because it's like something that Snyder put together made it to that movie. Now, granted, you and I both 100% say that Warner Brothers screwed up Batman and Superman with their cut-up version of of that film that made it to theaters. So maybe there, I'm 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 betting there's probably a better version, but it just seems like, man, uh, did everybody just think it's a trash movie? We've seen Watchmen, uh, the extended cut, and it's like, oh, he he has dark movies, but if you let him play out in its entirety. It's actually a good movie. I mean, it's like, I mean, 300. It's like, let this, the whole story play out. And everybody's like, yeah, that was a good movie. And I think DC didn't really get that. I mean, now, again, I, I'm not sure I want to see, you know, super dark, uh, you know, flashpoint where Ezra Miller's the hero. But, I mean, do I, do I buy that it's like, hey, I mean, do I need to see another Iris West? Probably not. Um so there's there's a lot of stuff I'm like, yeah, there's probably a better idea to cut leave some of that on the cutting room floor, but I mean, all of them turning like, yes, we finally can speak our truth. It's kind of like, y'all could have said, hey, yeah, I kind of, there was some others, there were some scenes I would have loved to see in the movie, you know, two years ago, and that would have seemed more authentic versus now we can finally say it because, you know, Josh Whedon will never work on another DC project again, which from what I haven't, I haven't heard anything or read anything that says he's completely out of dc so who knows yeah uh gunner what's your take on this okay who cares what ray fisher thinks about any of this he was like one of the weakest links that they tried to make the strong link in justice league right so and i mean i agree with jace like he just said the pc thing because that's who the dude was right then the movie's coming out you got to say all that comic-con another movie coming up most likely Maybe my own solo for no reason. Who knows? So, I mean, so now he's just taking it back. I just think that's like the dumbest thing ever. And oh, he's not the first. So, who cares? Do that dance. Hmm? Everybody no. does that dance where they're oh, I'm very excited. Then later, yeah, he, he was a he was a pain in Couldn't stand him. Right. Right. But like, why are you making a big deal about about it here with Justice League? Right. You, you know, know what I mean. You know, I think what he's saying, just in the sense of how he was a one black character and if his backstory, if a lot of his screen time got taken out, so basically he is maybe he had a larger role which made him a more important character, got reduced to him just being like a, a sidekick supporting character, kinda like Flash, who did have a new movie who at the one point had a movie coming out, so he didn't need as much screen time. Then he's got a point to me. And I think with this current discussion where everybody's like, Hey, we do do black people wrong. Shoot. Tell us more. I think maybe this is where he's coming from with that. Yes. I don't know. I mean, keep in mind also what's kind of like making me gloss over this is because there are two cyborgs are floating around here. Right. I mean, we got doom patrol cyborg, which I'm sorry. Has more deaths 
Ray Fisher cyborg. Ray better have more depth than a guy who's been in one movie. You get what I'm saying, though. Like even in the first two episodes, let's give them the two hours, right? Like there was already more deaths. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So just like the depth of acting, right there. Like he's just like, this is weird. All of this is weird. I'm weird. Let's accept that. I feel like he was this guy was more woe as me i don't know i just didn't like the portrayal i like the other portrayal the two cyborgs floating around so i mean i just think that his character isn't that important to me to make such a big deal about why he said what he said he's an actor that says shit like who cares (laughs) chief what's your take well y'all know me so i pretty much say what i need to say out of my mouth i don't i'm I'm not not in a, a javon way uh, if you didn't have anything good to say in the first place, if that was the case, then why say anything at all? You know what I mean? Um, and then to turn around and retract everything you said about it, it kind of makes you look fake. You, you you know what I mean? Hey, man, yeah. Oh, greatest time ever. Loved it. And then, you know, a couple years later, how was that? Man, I hated it being out there. Like, what was the point? Don't say anything. You don't. Have, you're not. You know, you, you didn't have to say anything, or you could have just commented on the Snyder version. Yeah, I can't wait to see what Snyder puts out. You know, instead of writing. You know what I mean? Like, if you got to say something about another person, and it's to the point where it's really negative about that person, you should probably go see that person. You I think I mean? he's pretty tight with Zack Snyder because Zack called Ray up. He was one of the first people he called when he got the news that he had the green light to do this because apparently oh, Zack wrote that, hey, Ray was the heart of the film. And clearly from the theatrical version we saw, Cyborg was definitely not the heart. He was just a, another guy there. All right, but then, but then big up Zack Snyder. Why, tra- why trash Zod? Like, I never understood trashing another... I mean, maybe that's Hollywood. But, like, if I got a problem with you or something like that, you know what I mean? I'm not going to announce it on my Twitter feed. I know you, so I can call you and be like, hey, this is the issue with us. Or, hey, I didn't appreciate this. Versus, I, this, versus just telling the whole world, hey, you know, af- after you done big up somebody. So I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't approve. I just, it's not that he didn't like his role in the film or whatever. That, that, that could be that. But you, you, you big up the man, then you turn around and you trash the man a couple of years later. Like the cut been, the cut been the cut since the cut. So you had the Josh Whedon, if you didn't like the Josh Whedon joint, you, you could have spoke on that. And no, you, dude, you, can't, you can't say that until afterwards because he has well, not been getting a lot of roles. No, nah, but well, I mean, you got to play the game. Say enjoying, like they say, well, the game is a game, though. But you say, how are you enjoying your time? Oh, this is this has been a whole, you know, a whole experience. I'm learning a lot. Versus, oh man, he's the greatest. And then no, I think I think I have to show you guys a clip. But it was a deal where he was asked specifically about working with Whedon and what kind of, you know, how it felt about him replacing uh, Zack Snyder. I mean, you could even, you would be like, but you could still be like, yeah, uh, 
you know, I'm learning a lot from Whedon or whatever. You don't have to say, oh, he's the greatest person ever I met. Uh, you know, you can say whatever. I mean, you know, you can, you know how, uh, just like a sarcastic email, when you send uh-huh. that email to somebody, you say, uh, has, you know, I, has I previously stated in the above email, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Let uh-huh. them know that you've already said something, but yeah. you're saying it in a nice way. He could have said whatever in a nice way. There's nice ways to put things without directly getting involved in a person work ethic or whatever. He just could have said, you know, I, I enjoy being with the cast, whatever. But I just don't, I don't agree with bashing somebody, well, big ups in somebody, then bashing somebody, you know. All right. Just, so y'all just aren't talk down about with the that. negativity. Okay. No. All right. So I'm, I'm curious to see what this new version looks like. And speaking of people calling out things, Anthony Mackie also called out Marvel Studios for their lack of diversity. And he said, Black Panthers, almost all black crew was actually more racist than anything. So let me go to the full quote. But then um, when the Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out, I'm the lead. When Snowpiercer comes out, you're the lead. He was doing a podcast with uh, or interview with Snowpiercer's lead, David Diggs. We have the power and the ability to ask those questions. It really bothered me that I've done seven Marvel movies where every producer, every director, every stunt person, every costume designer, every PA, every single person has been white. That's not necessarily true because Nate Moore um, is a black producer at Marvel. And I know for a fact that he worked on Captain America, the Winter Soldier and uh, Black Panther. So, I know because I've talked to Nate Moore specifically and he talked to me about all that. So I'm saying that to give context, not to to be like, ooh, look at this name I dropped. All right. So then he went on to say, but then when you do Black Panther, you have a black director, black producer, you have a black costume designer, you have a black stunt choreographer. And I'm like, that's more racist than anything else. Because if you can only hire the black people for the black movie, are you saying they're not good enough when you have a mostly white cast? I won't put that out to you fellas because I'm, if I need to, I'll say something else, but I want to hear what you guys think. Gunner, sound like you got some got some thoughts on this. Okay, so Anthony Mackey is he strikes me now lately as somebody who loves being the only black guy in the room on the movie, etc. Adjustment Bureau, whatever else the best right? And I'm like, uh, Clarence, <laughs> um, I'm like, you like being that dude. I don't, I don't like that. Um, so him calling out, whatever. So that's what he's saying. But why are you calling out Black Panther where there was nothing like that? There is so rare that a movie makes that much noise or even half as much noise. Let's say that half as much noise money-wise, um, attracting crowds, you know, uh, even just the marketing of it. You know what I mean? Like a normal freaking movie, which is the worst thing about Black Panther, right? If a movie did half as well and half as much marketing, that is still a rare feat for an all-black everything, cast, crew, everything. It is very few and far between. We get that kind of distribution. We -hmm. get that kind of marketing budget. We get that kind of marketing period from the distributors. And you're going to call out the fact that it is all-black that I get what he's trying to say. I just don't agree with it. And he's wrong. 
<laughs> like, it's just me. All right. I'm like, I'm just like, you just don't. I mean, we aren't there enough to even do that. So yeah. if we're going to do it, why don't we yeah, tell our start. own stories? Yeah. Like, we got to tell our own stories. And keep in mind who the director was. Like, he's been doing nothing but, like, hey, this is for the culture movie. Exactly. Right? That, he is a definite for the culture dude. So, All right, Jace, what, what's your take on it? Okay. I would, maybe I did not read it in context the same, but I thought, I didn't think he was saying it was more racist that Black Panther where Black people were put in. I think I thought it was more of a him calling, like, hey, it's like, can we get more representation on everybody else? It's like, Black Panther was the, hey, you see, you guys could, if you make a movie with, a, I mean, you know, with black people in there, you can actually have a great movie. And it's almost critically acclaimed. It probably would have won an easy Oscar if, you know, folks wanted a pity Oscar award. Uh, I, I, and, and maybe, maybe I didn't, I didn't uh, delve as far in the article as you did, but I, I thought it was more so calling it like, Hey Marvel, we need more diversity, more more so than like we're marginalized on the one movie. It's like, hey, we need to not be marginalized on one movie. We need more representation on all of. I get that. I think that with Marvel Studios, of all of them, of all the the studios that have done things recently that have set all these box office records, calling them out for a lack of diversity. It's kind of interesting because right from the first one, they've made sure to have black characters in there in prominent positions. I mean, Rhodey was like he is in the comic or was in the comic, a key supporting member of Iron Man. The name of Iron Man's comic book is not Iron Man, James, Rose, Happy, Hogan, Pepper Potts. It's just Iron Man. So everybody else is going to be a supporting character. Captain America had a black character fighting alongside the white soldiers in World War II. Um, went to Howard too. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, like his 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 thing was they have diversity in front of the camera. What I'm saying is, no, he was he was he was saying that they need more diversity all over, and I get that. But I'm also saying that you have to start by being in the room. And you have to have people in the films. I mean, because it's it's one thing to be like, hey, we, we we should have more diversity in the movies. And yeah, let's have a token dude who has two roles, right? You get that. But then you have people like Anthony Mackie. I mean, if Anthony Mackie hadn't been in this or back in Winter Soldier, would he be in this position to be the lead of the Falcon in the Winter Soldier? Maybe they would never have done that show. Maybe it would have just been a Winter Soldier standalone, and he would be holding the shield. And I don't know. I think that's important. And I, you know, because I know Marvel Studios has a black producer, and there was nothing intrinsically black about Winter Soldier or Civil War. That oh, we, well, we've got to have a black producer behind this. It was just so happened he's best dude for it. That's so, something like this is the worst example. Yeah, I mean, like, you call out Warner long. Brothers, like, you call out anybody. Right, you can Marvel call out Studios is like Warner eh. Brothers all day. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just weird because it's like I get 
we need more black people working on everything. That's that's not news. That's not a hot take. But calling out the one that actually seems to make more of an effort than most, you know, in front of the camera, because honestly, that's what people see. And then, you know, you hear stories like Ruth Carter did these amazing costumes on Black Panther. And, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I want in. I want to know more. And did she or you know, did she not win an Oscar for that? Oh, she did win an Oscar for that one. I mean, I'm just saying, why is he calling out Black Panther? Like, there were Oscar winners. He needed. He almost needed to have some input on the topic versus saying, "Hey, like I've worked on, a, like Gunner said, like Adjustment Bureau. I, I was, I was only one there on the on the on the set. Like maybe it's like maybe because Warner. I mean, uh, Marvel is the highest profile thing you've done, and you have a starring role. You want to say kind of put it to the forefront. I but, mean, if you want, I mean, you can't even say that about Fast and Furious. They've had a black director, F. Gary Gray. I mean. You see, and honestly, those are the two biggest non-Star Wars franchises that are doing things. And honestly, you should call out Star Wars, but they've even had a director on on episodes of The Mandalorian. Warner Brothers, to me, is a target to go after, not just because I'm a Marvel guy and, hey, that's a DC property. They don't have hardly any diversity compared to Marvel Studios, Fast and Furious. Call it James Bond franchise, never had a black director, black screenwriter. I mean, the talk of having a bond, a black bond on screen, had everybody clutching their pearls. I mean, oh, I, mean, I would say you know Warner other Brothers example. does. I mean, Warner Brothers in general, movies, TV shows, terrible. We were literally having a pro, a pre-recording conversation about how bad some of those CW shows are about presenting diversity in a normalized way, when they just throw it in your face like we're doing this. There, we've checked the box. We said this word. We said, as a black man, yada, yada, yada. I am trans now, yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they force it in a way where it's, like, not natural and normalized. It's preachy. And that's Warner Brothers' attempt, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I'm just like, that doesn't even seem normal. <laughs> I've had gay people say that to me, too. I'm like, that's just, oh, I hate when people do that. Like, right. we're normal yeah, exactly. people. <laughs> so, so calling in live from LA because the dude is just literally like, "Where's Waldo on this podcast?" Jay King, what's up, man? There it is. What's going on, Jeff? What's going on, fellas? How's everybody? Good. What's going on, brother? We're talking about this Anthony Mackie thing. What is your take on this? Brief me real quick because I didn't know that Anthony Mackie was a thing right now. What did he do? He didn't Terry Crews his way through anything. Gosh, did he? no, no. There's only one room for one tap dancing black. Nah, he's not. Come on, he's not like that. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. So basically, he <laughs> was just like calling out Marvel Studios for a lack of black crew on sets. Black directors, black producers. Uh, he wants more than just for Black Panther. Okay. Um, I understand the sentiment, but you know, here's the but with that for me, right? We're going to in this time want all black everything, and I get it. Like I was texting y'all the other day, the BET Awards is on CBS. Let's see if that's the case next year, (laughs) right? I think we're clamoring everything on, right? I think we're knee jerk. We not not and look. I don't want to be placed in the Terry Crews category when I say this, but I think we're reacting a lot, 
and there's a lot of real injustice. Um, I'm not just saying that the fact that Black Panther was and is, you know, I, I, I look at it this way. Black Panther could have been directed by a white man. Direct, Black Panther's musical direction could have been headed by a, a white female, whatever, but it wasn't. That's not good enough, of course, right? But we're talking about all include, we're talking about diversity. Like, we got our slice of that pie, and that's not good enough, of course, but we got a slice of it. As I've said before, if you're a Latino American kid, man, and you grew up in this country, you're a Latino American man, man, you're a Spanish man, you grew up in this country, you ain't never seen a superhero that looks like you. You're Indian, you're Asian. You ain't never seen the Asian superhero, the Indian superhero. You've never seen it, right? So I want to see the all of us Native American, Native American, Native American. Well, yeah, I mean, the Eternals has an Indian character. Shang-Chi's coming out. It has an Asian lead. I mean, it's like, of all the studios to call out, dude, the one that's trying to make some headway isn't the one to to take the fight. The one that's trying to make the headway. Yeah, and I mean, and I did with has a from, Asian same... director, so I mean, you know, right? So I there you go. So there you go. It's... We want to be all over, but it's like it's I coming... want somebody authentic to that too, like a Ryan Coogler doing right. Black Panther. I don't want Sylvester Black Stallone Panther. directing Black Panther. Just... I don't want uh, 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 Joss Whedon directing Black Panther or right. Black Panther with a black man. Look, exactly. it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, y'all just gotta relax, man. Gotta start knee jerk reacting to everything. Yeah, it's got to start somewhere, and it's starting. Relax. Relax. I think in these times, man, everybody wants to be the one that had the most woke statement or the one that touched on something that nobody touched on so everybody can say, ah, oh, yeah. That was good. Yeah, we yeah. We need that right now. Okay. Chief, you got any thoughts on this before we move on? So interestingly enough, I think we talked about this earlier, but uh, the CW has yet to make a decision on Green Arrow and the Canaries. The Arrow showrunner told a fan on Twitter, we should receive word one way or another very, very soon. So I'm happy about this because I was very glad to hear that. Yeah, it's coming in fall of 2021. The fact that it's still in doubt makes me feel a little bit better because I don't want to see the spinoff. I think they should come up with something fresh for the CW if they want to do another superhero show. Preferably one that's just not carving out the carcass of green arrow and trying to do it like hey we've got a brand new show and this time we've got a female green arrow what do you think instead of the male version we got before um do you guys care one way or the other are you hoping that cw doesn't does indeed move forward with this plan jace sorry buddy i was one of those people so when i saw um when they were doing basically carving out most of season eight of arrow Seven and eight. Yeah, it's like seven and eight. Or Stephen Mill has five minutes of screen time and this future subplot where you don't care about any of them has at least fifty percent of the show. And it was just like, no, I don't I don't care about these and then when they try to these characters at all. And then when it was after Crisis, like, oh, so you the fresh slate that you could have gone with and actually made a series and then maybe had a twist at the end of season one, two or whatever. You decide to screw that all up, and then, hey, everybody remembers everything. Yay! And this is our mystery one. Why you should care about this show. It's like, no, I don't I don't care. I mean, it's back to I don't care about these characters. Yeah. Versus that, like I said, a fresh take on the show. It's like, so now I don't care about these characters, and you want me to. I don't want to. I'm not going to watch the show. So 
them not giving the full-throated, like, hey, this show is, we're definitely going to make it happen. It's going to happen sooner than you think. It's now like, yeah, it's not going to happen, but we just don't want the press right now. So, right. I mean, this is like, hey, in a, in a kind of diversity world, we're just not going to take that hit and we're okay with it. But, you know, once everybody starts hating everybody again, we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just like, hey, good job. Just come up. I'm sure there's a thousand other pilots that have a better shot of being done than this show that only very diehard Felicity fans want. So, yeah, that's it. Well, you know, I realize nobody else watched Arrow, so no one else probably cared about Green Arrow and the Canary spinoff. Uh, so let's yeah. move on to the next news item. <laughs> on Twitter, Scott Malthouse challenged the world. He said, say a genuinely nice thing about the Star Wars prequels. I, of course, huge fan of the prequels. Uh, I understand why people don't like Phantom Menace, but I feel like you're missing it if you don't see all the stuff that's in there that sets up really great moments and the rest of it, especially as it relates to Revenge of the Sith and the larger universe that we see in Clone Wars. Um, Over the weekend, I watched Looper, and it reminded me how talented and how skilled a filmmaker Ryan Johnson is. I just watched that and like, gosh, this was so good. Love this film. One of my favorites in the sci-fi genre. And, you know, he also directed a Star Wars movie that I do not enjoy as much, The Last Jedi. So he responded, you know, there were lots of people that said tons of things. Uh, like, oh, the gowns are great. Um, the female Yoda character. Cool. Watching Anakin's Descent into Darkness. Ryan Johnson said, Lucas made a gorgeous seven-hour-long movie for children about how entitlement and fear of loss turns good people into fascists and did it while spearheading nearly every technical sea change in modern filmmaking of the past 30 years. I love that statement because it's so crazy how the prequels have taken on this whole new, man, George Lucas saw this coming before everybody did, and he made a whole trilogy about it. And... You know, it's like we watch how the insidious Senator Palpatine slowly makes his way into becoming the president, sorry, chancellor, sorry, emperor. And it's really fun seeing, not fun, but interesting seeing how this plays out in the sci-fi world where at the end of the saga, he dies at the hands of the person who he corrupted, Darth Vader, in story. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Looking back at the prequels, do, why don't I do the same thing with you guys? Let's say one genuinely nice thing about the prequels. Uh, Chief, let's start with you. Uh, I'm a lightsaber man. I love the lightsaber fight. So, um, you know, I mean, that's when I was a kid coming up and Star Wars came out and in the, the 70s, the late 70s, that's how I remember Star Wars, you know what I mean? You're talking about, you know, I don't remember quote-unquote the the, the 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 plot or what they were doing. I remember the the, the, the lightsaber fight. I think when it came out in 78, the first 77. one? 77? Yeah. Yeah, so I was two. So, I, but I remember the lightsaber fight, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I re- before I could understand the plot or what was going on in the movies, I remember the glowing, you know, the glowing lightsabers. So, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, those three sequels had excellent lightsaber fights. I mean, you, 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 prequels, they, they had excellent lightsaber fights. You can't 
argue that. Good, good deal. Hey, what's your favorite of those uh, lightsaber duels in those three films? Uh, ah, damn. You, I, you know, the Dooku, uh, the mm-hmm. Dooku one, when, I think both, both Dooku's were good. When he mm-hmm. fought them in the, uh, in the and then Yoda came in. Yeah, yeah he fought him in the hangar, then Yoda came in, then he fought him at the end. But also, one of the great lightsaber fights was, ah, there were so many, you go, but, uh, when you when they were trapped in that damn uh, arena, and all of a sudden you see Windu's purple lightsaber <laughs> come up from the crowd. Yeah, this fight is over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, you were like, oh yeah. So I mean, you know, I mean, there were so many that was good ones. Like you, like was there a bad one? Honestly, I, I mean, so. you had not yeah, the prequel. There wasn't, there wasn't a yeah, there wasn't a bad there wasn't a bad lightsaber fight. So you know, it wasn't like they were fighting each other mentally. From across the galaxy or some dumb shit, they were right inside of right snatching beads from they, each other. Right, right. Uh, let's have the fight in our minds. They were they were right there fighting. So, yeah. All right, good deal. All right, Jake King, how about you? You know, surprisingly, these movies, and I was I say surprisingly because everybody was so ready to shit on these movies when they came out. If you remember all the Star Wars fanboy nerds whatever you want to call these guys who was so against these movies and found so many things to nitpick about them if you go back to them what uh uh uh, revenge of the sith was what oh five 2005 right oh three no oh two three no that was really uh, revenge of the sith it came out the same year as uh spider-man no that was oh five that was five dog I'm sorry. I was thinking Attack of the Clones. I'm sorry. You're right. Revenge of the Sith was too. Yeah, Attack of the Clones was though too. So I don't know if y'all remember, there were so many people who just couldn't wait to railroad each one of these movies afterwards. I remember watching an episode of The Simpsons during that time where they were saying, no, Attack of the Clones suck more. No, Phantom Menace suck more. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see how these people feel now that we've had another three installments of Star Wars. Oof. Because these movies have held up. Oof. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know you sounded like Gunner just now. You remember Mm. the toy with uh, the U.S. base? (laughs) Oof. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oof. That, hey, the dude, no, that that's a pain point because though these three movies held up so much better than these three movies that we just got since oh, uh, 15, right? Mm-hmm. 15 yeah. or 16, I don't remember. Yeah, it's 15. You're going to look back, okay, 10 years from now when we're in our 50s, we're going to look back at these movies and say, oh my God, this was terrible. Uh, yeah. More I, so I, than I, we're I, saying right now. Yeah. That won't Three. change. It'll probably get worse with time. What's gotten better, these, these, the, the, the prequel films were like wine or more so like an album that came out then that was a little ahead of its time that wasn't appreciated during its era. Mm-hmm. People liked it, but you know it wasn't really fully appreciated for what it was. That's what I think we're, gonna be, we, we, we're facing right now with these three movies. These films weren't as appreciated as they should have been then compared to a few, well, a few years past. Now we appreciate them even more. Because we realize, okay, aside from some bad dialogue, these were good movies, okay? These were decent movies. And it's not 
the Skywalker trilogy from the first movies that you remember, that was, I think, the hardest thing for a lot of people to divorce themselves from. This is a new story. This is a new story, you know? So put yourself into that mindset. You're watching something. It's Star Wars, but it's not the Star Wars that you remembered from when, you know? This is a different this is a different part of the story, right? Mm-hmm. This is what made what exactly. you came to see exactly. 10 years prior. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So grin, bear it, enjoy it. Yeah. And what's happened is these films have aged surprisingly well. We are not going to feel that way about these no. last, this last three installments. We're not. We're not. Gonna. You know why? Because of the words you, you said this one S word three, four times. The story. <laughs> we already knew the damn story, but watch the story. No, it was a complete story from start to finish. Say what you will about Phantom Menace. I can't. I will not watch that movie. I hate that movie. I will fast forward. I won't even fast forward. Sorry. I will just skip ahead to the lightsaber battle, as Chief just said. Like that was probably one of my favorite ones because it saved that damn movie. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It really did. So you know, but it's a complete story. Phantom Menace on. And you were like, this is a good story of how this happened. Dialogue was shit, but it was a good story. Well, hold this on. Crap that I, I just came the out, thing there Palpatine, was no story. Palpatine's huh? dialogue was, was straight the whole way. Mm, you could sign no confidence. That dude's like the devil in that movie. No, 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 no. Whose dialogue was great? Whispering on you know whose dialogue was great? Palpatine's dialogue was great. Everybody else is like, no, that's what I said. Everyone, but I mean, you could throw anybody, but Palpatine is untouchable on that dialogue thing. No, that's his great acting, too. Like, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. Dooku, too. Dooku wasn't terrible. Well, that, you were talking about were great. all of them. <laughs> Dooku and him were great. You know what I mean? But everybody else's lines, they just kind of like phoned it in. Like, I don't know. Anyway, you, McGregor, you thought it was phoned it in? All right, well, what's your one you thing? What's your one fun. thing that you, you thought was good? Say your I feel like thing. Chief stole mine, man. Like I was like, those lightsaber battles were like top notch. Like I said, my favorite one. I like the Dooku ones because they were like just quality, and he just he just stayed talking shit. Like I like that, right? He's yeah. like, look, I got you. Like, yeah, what are you dude. doing? <laughs> like you don't see that too much. You know what I mean? Even Mace Windu didn't talk that much shit. He should have. The Samuel Jackson, but <laughs> Dooku was talking that shit. You can do better. Like, yeah, he was talking trash. <laughs> oh, the whole time. <laughs> so I dig those. That's I was like, I feel like I, I, I'll be just stealing Chiefs real quick. But uh, okay. but that first one, that first one is, is the one I will point to the most because Darth it Maul, saved that yeah. movie. First time you saw Darth Maul do his thing, man, that dude was a man. And I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> just a little trick killed him, please. That dude should have killed both of them. Movie he killed him, man. I don't know what According to Star Wars canon, that Joker survived. No, 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 no. I'm saying he. I'm saying Darth Maul should have just took them both out. It was a, almost an easy joint. That dude was a kid. Care about no dude. Darth Maul was the man. I was like, his skills were far superior. <laughs> the way he was pacing around that joint, dude. Oh, that yeah. joint saved that movie. Double lightsaber joint. First time you saw that. First time you saw that oh, double that lightsaber dope. joint. Come yeah. on, man. That that one other thing, I got one caveat to all of this, right? Uh-huh. You cared about characters in these in, in those three films: Darth Maul, 
You cared about Amadala, Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. You cared about even some of the auxiliary characters. You know, you cared yeah, about their yeah. arcs and what was happening with them. Right. With even these, though you knew this latest. Yeah, of course. With this new iteration, Poe, Finn, Ray, Ray. Uh, uh, you don't care about any of these people. Which is, I don't care about any of them. The, even the baddie, Kylo Ren, was just a trust fund baby with a bad attitude. That's all he right. was. He's a trust fund baby. I care less about him. If he would have sat in that room and destroyed, you know what would have been funny when he was sitting there destroying in the first one, when he was destroying the room because of he was <laughs> mad at Ray for whatever? If they would have played something like Nirvana, Come As You Are in the background or something like Hank's written, <laughs> it would have fit. It would have just been so fitting. Just having a bitch fit in his room. Let him let him get it out of system. Can't play nothing. garbage. I'm only happy when it rains. <laughs> Smash it despite all my rage. I'm still just a rage. Oh my god. Smash <laughs> yo. You look like Smash Your Pumpkin. There's no more Tostinos, Mom. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I want to play with that I'm granddad's lightsaber. All right, Jace, how about you, bro? What's your one nice thing to say about the prequels? My one nice thing about the prequels, it told us where our characters were and how, I mean, it, it gave us a story on people we cared about in the original trilogy for us as kids and gave you a background, their background on how they got to where they were. I mean, it's like, if you didn't see, it's like, as much as everyone hates on Phantom Ennis, if you didn't see the machinations of Darth Sidious, you'd be like, well, how did, how did he get there? It's like, well, you could call for a vote of no confidence. I mean, not that I'm running at all, but, you know, just in case you want to get rid of that guy and put me in charge. No problem. Oh, wait, I'm going to stay past my term because it's what you want. It's not my fault. Oh, I'm just taking the whole damn thing over. It's like, yeah, wow, that's how an emperor starts. And I'm I'm gonna say Ryan Johnson's like statement was not very like it wasn't groundbreaking. Um, George Lucas said that when he was making the movie, <laughs> he said, "Hey, I'm showing you guys how a dictator is made. It's not made by just taking stuff. It's by the people giving him everything he wants." And not even figuring out what happened. It's like, he said that. He's like, hey, it's like, this is what happens in uh, Germany. This is what happened in Italy. This has happened in Rome. I'm just showing, I'm just making a space opera version of it. And he did a great job. And it's like, as much as, like I said, you hate the prequels, but you cannot, if you skip past Palpatine's dialogue in Phantom Menace, you miss half the story. If you skip past everybody foisting power on him, in uh, Attack of the Clones, you miss everything. And then when they just, he just takes the whole game and they just, and Padme hits the best line of the prequel. This is how democracy dies with thunderous applause. It's like, like we talk about bad dialogue, that is the best dialogue in that whole prequel. Is that the I know of the prequels? Yeah. The what now? The I know. I love you. I know. Oh, I know was like, I don't know. I guess my night, my mind though is like not from a Jedi. He was telling the whole story of Plagueis. That's that shit right there. Dude, yeah. That was a great one too. I mean, it was like Palpatine is like, I've literally been on YouTube, literally listening to all of Palpatine's dialogue from uh, 
<laughs> all of the Star Wars movies, like, damn, this is really good. Of course, I, I mean, he, he did, I mean, his six films he did were just awesome. They were great, really yeah. good, strong six film appearance and the Clone Wars TV show. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I just watching uh, what was it, uh, Star Wars Rebels when he made his guest appearance. Oh! There. Okay, yeah. hey man, I told you, man, it's two months. Okay. So yeah, we all agree. Prequels, good movies. We have different different levels of how much we, we think they're good, but that's all good. And I think we all collectively agree they're much better than the fan fiction versions that have been done before, after them. This last topic, because yeah, we're getting long. Uh, Hollywood is doing something kind of interesting. They are whitewashing blackface. And they are doing the men in black, hey, look here, this never happened. So they're removing episodes on TV shows like 30 Rock, and Golden Girls, and uh, Mad Men. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And they're, so they're removing those episodes. Well, some like Mad Men are putting disclaimer before the episode airs saying this episode represents i don't have this verbatim but deplorable uh mindsets from the time Mm -hmm. period to reflect the attitudes of people in this era other shows are just like nope never happened and if you're not like me and have an obsessively huge dvd or vcr collection all you're relying on to watch these old shows is streaming and with them removed from the streaming, you'd never know that those kind of controversial episodes were around. So what do you guys think about this removal of these episodes? And do you think they should be removed? Or do you think they should have like the Madman disclaimer that, yeah, we did it and it was wrong, but we were being accurate to the time frame? Case by case. Uh, case by case. Mad Men did it right. I gotta say, Mad Men did it right. I I know exactly which episode they're talking about. When he was at his own wedding and he put on the shoe polish and all that mess. Like, that was like, yeah, you're at a rich people wedding, rich white folks in the freaking, at the time, 60s, because it had already turned 60 something. So, yeah, I mean, sure, that works. The one from 30 Rock, eh, I can go either way on that one. I see what they were trying to do, but uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anything on the Silver Sarah Silverman show can kiss my ass, right? Uh, let's see. <laughs> Let me go down a list uh, of ones uh, that I remember. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's case by case, right? You know what I mean? Good talk. <laughs> All right. Let's go on now to talk about the man of the hour, the guy who defies oh. you to come up with somebody more deserving of this week's dummy of the week award i'm talking of course the the proponent the proprietor the gatekeeper of black supremacy mr terry yeah. Cruz. so terry's opened up his mouth again and I, I feel like he is really trying to make sure that he wants to ensure that unlike anthony mackie he's going to continue to work in hollywood when all this black lives matter foolishness dies down Anybody want to talk about Terry tonight? Sure. It's not good when you trend on Twitter. Let's just say that. In 2020, you trend on Twitter. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Um, Look, I understand why you tap dancing, man, because really all you do is come out there and yell and, and bounce your pecs up and down. You got nothing else to add to the <laughs> equation. But here's the thing. 
that ain't gonna get it, bro. <laughs> that ain't gonna get it. And uh, you keep talking. You know, he keeps running behind the diversity in his family and his diverse views, et cetera. And he loves everybody. People, the, the people like him always tend to hide behind that argument. The thing I always mention to them is that. These movements aren't pulled out of the sky. This isn't a white lives matter issue or anything. Blue lives matter. Because here's the thing. Forget about white lives with with the blue lives matter uh, uh, argument. I always tell people this. You had a choice if you're a blue life. You took a job. It was either this or Comcast or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, took a job, motherfucker. UPS, you took son. A job. You could have been a brown. You could have been brown. Hey, wait. Isn't FedEx blue, too? Are we talking FedEx Lives Matter? Yeah, well, whatever they are. Whatever, whatever is blue. So Lowe's employees matter? Okay. Best Buy employees matter. Best Buy guys matter. All right, man. I thought it was just police. My fault. But no, that that's you made a choice, right? Here's the thing. I didn't have a line to get into. I, this was what was given to me. And the fact that I have to say that my life matters and let you know that there is something greater afoot here than just me trying to exercise some point of view of black supremacy. <laughs> you got a, such a good uh, rant. You put himself on mute. I, yeah, there we go. See, I'm sorry. You, you <laughs> don't see the kind of advancement and opportunity outside of our bubble in the the the, the dc area because we're we're affluent black community in this area we we got it going on when you go outside of here and I'm, that's not a brag that's a reality you don't see it as greatly as you do here we take that for granted when you go other places and see what black folks got ahead of them and this is not just beating the drum of oppression no this is a reality dude we got a long ass way to go still in 2020 2020, we still got a long way to go. So when I hear some jive time, jigaboo, boot washing, whitewash, ass licking coon like Terry Crews come up there and bounce his pecs and, 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 and speak this Candace, Candace, uh, whatever her name is, uh, uh, black man and white face bullshit, I just want to reach back to my shoulder blades touch and slap this goofy because you, you need to stop with that, man. You really need to stop with that. That let me know you've been blinded. You you you've been operating on another system or or with blinders on for a long time, man. Take them damn shades off and look around you, dude. It's bigger than all that shit you talking. Wake up. Jay's you got something on it? Uh are we just talking about Mr. Uh I mean if you got another nominee, feel free. Uh yeah, I'm gonna now if this is a winning com- a, a, a competition, Terry Crews has it hands down. But I have another nominee who will fall to Mr. Terry Crews. And that is actually Mr. Will Smith. Uh, for some reason, Jada uh, Pickett has had a, a long-term... Uh, Relation, uh, sexual relationship with a uh, another man who uh, fills her needs, uh, and Will just let this come out for some reason. I don't know if he didn't. Will did not uh, let that come out. Huh? The the dude who was sleeping around with Jada apparently said this in an interview. He got, he got in his feelings because she cut it off. But 
again, this is one of those, uh, if you're going to do something like this in Hollywood, I'm thinking your lawyers would be like, uh, for our brand purposes, we need to have an NDA here so this story never comes out while we're still trying to make money. Uh, he didn't decide to do that. And now he looks like it's going to be basically, it's basically a situation where it's like, you have to make a statement. It's like, uh, do you guys have a marriage or a partnership or uh, you, you're okay with her having uh, other partners? You guys have an open relationship? It's like, your next movie is going to be Jada's sex life, not even you cheating on Jada. It's like, this is a dumb idea and you should have, you know, saw this was going to happen like 10, 15 years ago, whatever, how long she's been grooming this kid. So, yeah, he's my dummy of the week. All right. Um, let's see. Gunner, where you want to go with yours? Man, definitely Terry Crews, man. Uh, there's nothing in comparison to Terry Crews cooning ass, talking about Black Lives Matter should turn into Black Lives Better. First of all, I'm just going to say it. We are. We've been through hell and back again, and there is no other race in this world that can flourish the way we have been flourishing after the atrocities that have happened to us for centuries, plural. Sorry, that dude is, is ugh, ugh, that dude disgusts me. <laughs> no, I think Terry Crews going to start using lightning cream like your boy uh, Sammy Sosa pretty soon. Sammy Sosa. <laughs> he must right. become Sammy Sosa. It's time. Why these walls in this house, boy? In the famous words <laughs> of the Joker, it's time to retire. So <laughs> Thank y'all. It's always rolling with me. Thank y'all out there for listening. This episode of Lives Movie Files has been filed. 